Uh, also, though, this weekend, uh, we've been hit with some wintry weather, which for the coast of North Carolina just means some cold and some ice. Uh, people up in the western part of the state my family are from going, hey, did you guys get some snow? No. We didn't get snow. I'd love to see a, a big snow now and then. I know you would too. Uh-huh. But we get that ice. And I went out this morning. It's 21 degrees, 730 this morning. And I had a hard time opening the car door. It was frozen shut. So once I got past that, I had to let everything heat up and warm up. And then I drove slowly here in my truck uh, looking for those little patches of ice. There was nobody out. I saw one dog walker. And when I got to town, I passed two people coming the other way, driving slower than I was. It's kind of strange how we go when we don't know what to expect. Of course, I'm the kind of person, you may be this way too, I'm the kind of person that doesn't completely clean off the windshield with ice before I start driving. I figure that's why you got a defroster, right? And it's going to work as you go. So I'm, I'm doing this as I'm driving. And then I realized... I have no idea what's behind me. I, I, the side mirrors are frozen up. The rear windshield's frozen up. And the truck has this little extra mirror on the side. So if I'm holding something, I don't know why that thing thaws out. But it's absolutely clear. So I'm, when I'm driving straight, I'm, I'm doing this. And when I want to see anything behind me, I'm, I'm looking at that small mirror. And I made it to the church unscathed that way. Then I pull up in my parking space and step out and there's a sheet of ice right there at my parking space. I'm glad nobody saw that dance. (laughs) Sometimes you just don't know what to expect. You don't even know how to look ahead and how to look straight. And we think the windshield's clear and sometimes it's not. We don't really know what to expect. That's what the future is all about. There's no way we're going to know what's around the next corner or down the block in our lives. God knows what comes next, doesn't he? That's God's job, and that's good news. We're in a message series where we are talking about God's, the promise of God's presence. God's greatest promise in Scripture is that He will be with us no matter what. He is always with us, never leaves us, never abandons us. Uh, And when we trust Him, we get to see Him work in our lives, and as we'll talk about this morning, in our future as well. It's God's greatest promise that He is always with us. And we, we share in common an uncertainty about the future. We share in common the fact that tomorrow is the first day of our future and we still have no idea exactly what's going to come. And we can make our plans, uh, but as the Bible says, we make our plans and God directs our paths. Only God and God alone knows what the future holds for you and for me. So we cling to his promise that we can trust him and he will never leave us and he will never forsake us. Even so, some of us find that we are afraid of the future. And that fear is usually triggered by some circumstance. Maybe it's a broken relationship. Maybe it's a bill coming due. Maybe it's a decision that we face and we really don't know what to do. Maybe it's a problem in the family. Maybe it's sickness or disease. Uh, But we're constantly thrown off balance by these circumstances we don't expect that often impact our future. Many of you will remember that Uh, In 2020, I started having some health problems. I've told this story before, and I'm not going to reiterate all the details. But in short, it went something like this. Uh, Toward the end of 2020, early in that fall, uh, I had been experiencing vertigo, and it just got worse and worse. And then right early in the fall of 2020, I had a dramatic change in my hearing. I was already having 
problems with my hearing, but literally instantaneously, my hearing changed one day. I was sitting at my study at home doing some work, and it was, uh, it was, it's even hard to describe, but it changed dramatically. So I thought to myself, being the person I am, I probably should see a doctor. So I called my doctor, made an appointment, went to see my doctor. He ran a few tests, did this and that. Uh, could not determine what was going on, except that I did have some significant hearing loss in both ears. Uh, so he sent me to an ear, nose, and throat specialist, an ENT. And I saw the ENT for the first time on December 14, 2020. And I went into her office, told her what was going on, uh, and she kept me there for a little over an hour, ran a lot of tests, and then set me down after the test, and she said, here is what I think you have. And what she thought I had, what her preliminary diagnosis was, was not good. It was not life-threatening, but it was life-altering. It was one of those diagnoses where you look at your future and say, everything I've been and everything I've done to this point is going to change. If this diagnosis is correct, I, I, I've got a very different life ahead of me. That was December 14, 2020, and she said, what we need to do is bring you back in just a little over a month, because if this diagnosis is correct, it's going to do certain things with even such a short period of time as a month, and we will be able to tell. You'll come back, you'll do the same test, and we'll be able to have a benchmark and tell what's going on. In the meantime, she gave me a regimen of uh, uh, changes in habit, change in, it, change in diet, um, some things to do, and, and, and wrote me a prescription and sent me home on, on December 15th. I started that new regimen entirely, started the prescription, changed some habits, changed my diet, uh, changed all these things, and these would mitigate the symptoms but would not cure what she thought was the problem, but it would mitigate the symptoms. I would feel better if it worked. So I started doing that, came back to see her in a month. She ran all the same tests again, and she determined, well, what do you know? The preliminary diagnosis is eliminated. That's not the problem. Now, she's a believer. We both thanked God for that. I said, that's a win. That's the good news. The other news is she has no idea what's going on, but does know that the change in my practice habits and diet were working. And I can, I can tell you to this day, it's continued to work. Now, what happened to me, however, in the meantime, is what I want to target for just a moment. What happened to me from December 15th to when I saw her again January 22nd, 2021, I had an experience that until I had it, I didn't know I'd never had it before. Have you ever had that experience before? I felt something I didn't know I'd ever felt before because I'd never felt it before. I didn't know what that felt like. And it was very simply fear of the future. Uh, now, Kim and I have prayed together about the future. We've had uncertainties in the future. We've asked God. We've, we've made decisions. We've been concerned, all these things. But it wasn't until this happened that I realized I was afraid. Because if her diagnosis was correct, it would radically alter my life. In fact, if her diagnosis had been correct, I probably wouldn't be doing this right now, today. A lot of things were in question. And that, I was in this, this circle, and I had my prayer time every morning, I'm giving it to God, and, and you know how that is, you give it to God, then you think, well, does God know about this part, and you know, I need to pray about this part. And I went on with that for a few days, then I said, you know what, God, I can't keep doing this. So what I did is early in the morning, for about three mornings in a row, I got up earlier than I typically do, and I'm an early bird, I got up earlier than I typically do, I got my Bible, went in, and I sat on the sofa. And I started scouring scripture for everything the Bible said 
about fear. All those passages that I've shared with you over the years, don't be afraid. I started writing them down in the back of my Bible, listing them in order with a sentence beside them to state what made that promise so significant, what made the command not to be afraid so significant. And as I did that for day one, then day two, and then day three, it started becoming clear. This thing that we already know, this thing that we already see in the promises, but until you need to know it and need to see it, it doesn't really gel in your mind. This one thing was all of those promises, all of the commands, do not be afraid, hinged on this one thing, God is with you. God is with you. It was staggering how many times in Scripture the Bible connects, don't be afraid with this. God is with you. That's why you do not need to be afraid. It's not that your circumstances even will necessarily change. It's that your God is with you. You don't need to be afraid. This series came from that. Find in your Bible with me this morning, the Old Testament book of Joshua, chapter 1, and hold your place there. Joshua, the Old Testament, chapter 1. As we consider this morning our fear, we're afraid of the future for a variety of reasons. It hits us sometimes unexpectedly. It's a feeling we may not even have had before, and, and when it comes, we realize that we are afraid of the future. It could be because of our culture. A lot of radical things happening in our culture these days. It could be because of your family, your finances, your job, your children, your home. It could be a number of things. Your health. And you find yourself feeling afraid. Joshua was a young man in the time that we were going to read the passage, the circumstances that took place. But I want to give you a background to it. Uh, as you may recall, Moses was the great leader of God's people that God used to, to go to Egypt to lead the people of God out of Egypt. Hundreds of thousands of Israelites came out of Egypt in the Exodus. And God promised them a land of their own. The Bible calls it Canaan. We know it today as Palestine. God promised them a land of their own. And Moses was to lead them into the promised land. That was the great goal that God had given Moses. But the problem was... Very near the end of the journey, Moses disobeyed God. And as a leader of God, he was held to a very high standard. And God pulled Moses aside and said, because of your sin, because of your disobedience, you will not lead my people into the promised land. And in Deuteronomy chapter 31, God gives Moses a message to the people. And he brings this message to the people in public. And in that message, he tells the people not to be afraid, and he, and he passes his mantle of leadership to this young man, Joshua. And with, Je with Deuteronomy 31 as the backdrop, we, we pick up this morning with Joshua. Now, what, if, if you were to go back today and read Deuteronomy 31 and compare it to Joshua chapter 1 that we're going to read this morning, you'll find they are very, very similar, and God's command is very similar. What's different is that in Deuteronomy, it's a public announcement. And Joshua is installed publicly. In the passage we'll read this morning, God is speaking to Joshua personally. And that's what you and I need. I believe you and I need to hear from God personally. The same words, do not be afraid. Be strong, be courageous. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Look at this with me, Joshua chapter 1. We're going to start reading at verse 1. 
As the Bible says, after the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. God said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now you and all the people prepare to, call, to cross over the Jordan to the land I am giving the Israelites. I have given you every place where the sole of your foot treads, just as I promised Moses. Your territory will be from the wilderness and Lebanon to the great river, the Euphrates River, and all the land of the Hittites and west to the Mediterranean Sea. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. I will be with you just as I was with Moses. I will not leave you or abandon you. Be strong and courageous, for you will distribute the land and swore, uh, the land I swore to, your, to their ancestors to give them as an inheritance. Above all, be strong and very courageous to observe carefully the whole instruction my servant Moses commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or the left so that you will have success wherever you go. This book of instruction must not depart from your mouth. You are to meditate on it day and night so that you may carefully observe everything written in it. For then you will prosper and succeed in whatever you do. Haven't I commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Joshua had known Moses for four decades at least by this point. Joshua had seen the miracles of God through the hand of Moses. Joshua had been mentored by Moses. But in one of the most jarring moments in biblical history, suddenly the great leader of God, the first leader of the Israelite people after the Exodus, Moses is gone. And the mantle has passed to Joshua. And he needs a pep talk. He needs God to remind him that he is God's selection. He is God's man for this moment. That he is not an accident. That he's not plan B. That he is who God planned for this moment. So God speaks to him in the way you and I often need to hear from God. Do not be afraid. Be courageous for I'm with you wherever you go. Whatever enemy you face. Whatever territory you enter in life, whatever season of life awaits you, whatever sacrifice, whatever suffering, whatever situation, I am with you. I am with you, God says. You don't know the future, but God does. And this morning I want us to see from this passage four ways that God removes our fear and bolsters our faith. He strengthens our faith. Four ways God does that when we face an uncertain future. And it could be this morning that you are afraid. Maybe you're not admitting it to yourself. Well, I want you to know what God says this morning. Whether it's our culture or personal circumstances, God reminds you, don't be afraid. He removes your fear and strengthens your faith for the future. Here's how he does that. First of all, God reminds you of your part in his plan. God reminds you of your part in his plan. Plan. Verse 3, I have given you every place where the sole of your foot treads, just as I promised Moses. Again, Joshua, you're not plan B. You are the one I'm calling for this task at this time. See, the circumstances might change, but God's plan never changes. In fact, I would offer you this. When the circumstances seem uncertain and the circumstances change and the circumstances are difficult, Rather than focus on the circumstances, focus on God because the circumstances reveal God's plan. The circumstances don't change God's plan. The circumstances reveal God's plan and reveal your part in God's plan. When you consider your life, always consider it in the bigger picture. 
Not just what's happening to you, but remember God has a plan for you. And whatever circumstances you face, do, you face, do not derail God's plan. He has a plan for you. When God said this to Joshua, uh, he said, I have given you every place where the sole of your foot treads, just as I promised Moses. Notice that's past tense. God said, I've already given it to you, Joshua. That, that's not going to change. Just because you're not Moses doesn't change my plan. I have given it to you. To the trusting servant, to the one that will face the future, even when there's enemies ahead, even when there are problems to face, God says, I've already done this. My plan is in place. Follow me into the future. God leads you. Don't be afraid. God leads you into the future. We saw this in Psalm 23. He leads me beside still waters through the valley of the shadow of death. He leads me in the most comforting times and the most difficult times. He leads me and I follow him into the future. And I have a part in God's plan. Frequently we think that the bad circumstances, the trials, the difficulties, the suffering, the loss, the heartache, whatever we face along the way or whatever we're afraid of in the future, we consider those as obstacles that God needs to remove to, to get out of the way. But when we look into Scripture, we find that instead God often says, those are the circumstances that will reveal my plan for you. I want you to see me work in those circumstances. Don't be afraid. God has a part for you in his greater plan. Never let the circumstances dictate what you believe about God. Make sure you listen to God, his word, his promise, and let him tell you what's true. So first, God removes that fear, fortifies our faith. He reminds us that we have a part in his plan. Secondly, God reminds you of his work in the past. God reminds you of his work in the past. When you're facing fear of the future, remember that you, people of God, are tethered to the people of God of the past. He says, I will be with you just as I was with Moses. I am the same God that Moses knew and that Moses followed. I am the same God that your ancestors knew and the people of God have always known. I am the same God fulfilling the same purpose for all generations. The Bible consistently tells us to remember what God has done in our personal lives as well as in our corporate lives. Because when we struggle with the future or with the present, remembering how God's behaved in the past will help us to know how God has always behaved. How God has always behaved. Uh, all of us love the story of David and Goliath. And you may remember that, that moment when David gives his pitch to the king for letting him go out and face Goliath. Here he is, a shepherd boy. All the great warriors of Israel have cowered away from facing Goliath. But here David steps up and he says, hey, I, I can do this. And King Saul says, what makes you think you can do it? And he says, well, I've killed the lion and the bear. I've done that with the slingshot and my bare hands. And this guy... This Goliath, as he calls him, this uncircumcised Philistine, has no right to talk to us the way that he is. Send me out, Saul. Send me out. Where did that courage come from? It came in part from the fact that he had already seen God work through him. He knew how to take down the lion and the bear. Goliath was no different. 
God teaches us consistently to remember what he has done in our past. So he reminds us that he has worked through the people of God consistently in the past and will work through you and me the same way. That, he, that they have trusted him for their future and we can trust him for our future the same way. They have trusted him for difficult circumstances and he has taken them through those valleys and we can trust him the same way. First Baptist Church of Shalom, founded 1837 as Chapel Hill Baptist Church up the highway and across the road. What a storied future we, a story uh, we have as God has led generations of believers who call themselves the people of God at First Baptist Church of Shalot. We look at our generation and sometimes we think, well, well, this is the worst it could be. God, how can God lead us through this? Or, or look at the future. How do we know what's going to happen? Listen, think about this. Our predecessors followed God through all kinds of circumstances and situations. They faced the Civil War. They faced the Great Depression. They faced sickness, suffering, and heartache. They faced two world wars, Vietnam and Korea. They lost loved ones in battle. They lost loved ones to sickness. They've lived through and experienced all kinds of tragedy. And all along the way, they trusted God for the future. You know how I know that? Because we're here. We stand on the shoulders of great believers who were regular people with regular fears. But what made them great is they trusted God for the future. And God calls us to look at the past and remember them. Because he worked that way then. He works that way now. He'll work that way forever. He is always our God. So when you're struggling with fear, anxiety, and stress for the future, Remember how God works. Remember his character. He works the same way now that he has in the past. He makes the same promise and he keeps it. He will be with you, never leave you, and never forsake you. Then third, uh, to remove our fear and fortify our faith. God reminds you of the power of his word. God reminds you of the power of his word. Look at verse 7 again. Above all, be strong and be very courageous to observe carefully the whole instruction my servant commanded you, my servant Moses commanded you. This book of instruction may not depart from your mouth. You are to meditate on it day and night so that you may carefully observe everything written in it, for then you will prosper and succeed in whatever you do. This is what God means. A believer who is prepared and ready for the future is a believer who is trusting God and his character and his promises. And the way that believer does that is that believer is anchored in the word of God. I'll lead you, God says to Joshua, just, let, just like I led Moses. You're going to step in, you're going to take leadership, and I'm going to lead you just like I led him. But just like he heard from me, you need to hear from me. And the way you do that is in the word of God. The way you do that 21st century believer is in the word of God. You anchor yourself in his word, his promises. You trust what he says. You saturate yourself in those. Let me tell you something. Your, your fear will grow to the same extent you distance yourself from the word of God. And you will find solace and fortitude in your faith to the same extent you saturate yourself in the word of God. The power of God's word is his promises. And his promise and his character is revealed in his word. That's how you know you can trust him. 
That's how you know that when you apply his word going forward, in every circumstance, God always behaves the same way because that's who God is. Now notice he said to Joshua, there needs to be courage in applying God's word. Don't be afraid to apply God's word. Because similar to our circumstances and Joshua's circumstances, there would be people all around him that would laugh at him when he called on God's word. Even the Israelites themselves would occasionally rebel or laugh at Joshua or turn their backs on him when he would stand up and say, no, this is what God said. This is what God wants us to do. So God reminds him, you stay firm in the power of my word. My word is how you know me and my promises and how you live them out. You apply that day by day in a culture like ours that is rapidly disintegrating in immorality and a lack of truth. You and I are called on to know and apply God's word and sometimes that means we've got to do it with courage. If you lack confidence in God, I want to ask you this. Have you distanced yourself from his word? Are you saturated in his word? That's how your faith gets bolstered. That's how your faith gets strengthened. Make sure you are in the word of God in the Bible day by day. Then third, God removes our faith, excuse me, removes our fear and bolsters our faith because he reminds us of the scope of his presence. The scope of his presence. When I was in college, I wrote Joshua chapter 1 verse 9 on an index card, a 3 by 5 card, and I taped it to the dashboard of my green Pontiac Sunbird. Oh yeah. And I would drive around with that verse on there, and I, I, I learned that verse, I read that verse, and my senior year of college, uh, wherever God took me, in those days I was growing in, in my preaching, and I was serving part-time at a church in Concord, North Carolina. I would drive out there on Sunday mornings and drive back. And when I wasn't preaching in youth revivals or, or there at the church, sometimes uh, I would go and, and uh, preach at nursing homes. Talk about a captive audience. <laughs> and I would read that verse. Have I not told you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. For the Lord your God is with you. Where? Only in church? Only at your house? Only when you're reading the Bible? Only when everything's going well? Only when your finances are doing fine? Only when you're in good health? Only when you know where you're going? No. The Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Wherever you go. There's not a season of life. There's not a conflict or a problem you face that God is not with you. There's not a suffering, not a situation, not a shock, and not a surprise that your God is not with you. Wherever you go and whatever you do, this is his promise. Trust him, and he is with you. He walks with you. He bolsters your faith. He cares for your needs. And everything and at all times, your God is with you. These words, do not be afraid or discouraged, literally mean do not tremble or be dismayed. Do not tremble or be dismayed. In this, God pictures Joshua facing the enemy. And in those moments when he faces the enemy or faces the unknown, uh, he might tremble, as we often do. We, we face the unknown 
And we stand in place and we are paralyzed in position because we tremble from our fear of what we face or what we see. And the term, do not be discouraged, can be translated, do not be dismayed. That, that's when you look at your future or you look at what frightens you or you look at what's before you and you say, how can this be happening to me? I'm dismayed and discouraged. How, how could this be happening? And that's when God reminds you, I am with you wherever you go. I'm not surprised by this. This is not a situation that's caught God off guard. God knows what's going on. And his great promise to you is that he will walk with you and be with you. No matter how hard we bend our necks, we cannot see around the corner to the future. So we hang on this promise. God is with us. He leads us. He knows where we're going. He knows where you're going personally. He knows where your family is going. He knows where we are going as a church. And if we trust him, God removes that fear and fortifies our faith and prepares us for the future. In the year 1900, there was a German chocolate company that issued a list of what they believed uh, people would be able to do in 100 years, so the year 2000. 1900, they're, they're speculating on 100 years from then. Here's some of the things they predicted. They predicted that every individual would have their own hot air balloon. And that we would travel around in hot air balloons. No, that didn't happen. Didn't happen. But here's one. They, they predicted that law enforcement would, would have the technology to see into buildings to find people. Wow. Infrared. What about that? Uh, they, they speculated that people, tourists, would be able to travel under the ocean in great ships Sort of like a carnival cruise, but in a submarine. Yeah, I think, I think that didn't happen. But they also speculated that people would be able to sit home and in the comfort of their own homes, they would be able to watch dramatizations and plays without going to a theater. Wow, we call that television. My favorite is this. They speculated that people could easily make excursions to the North Pole. Because everybody wants to vacation in the North Pole, right? Isn't that your dream trip? Are you kidding? Most of us were so cold yesterday, we turned the heat up, stayed inside under 17 blankets. Sometimes we, we can get sort of right about the future, and sometimes we're just plain wrong, and all of that's because we have no idea what comes next. Isn't it good to know that God does? And isn't it good to know that God leads you into the future? What are you facing right now? What surprises you? What shocks you? What situation? What suffering? God's not caught off guard. God has never left you. And he is leading you into the future. Will you trust him today? Will you trust him with that future that you're frightened about, that, that you have no idea what comes next? Will you trust him with that today? I'm going to pray for us. Believers, I'm going to pray for us especially that we would turn over to God our fear of the future, whatever that might be, our uncertainty, our anxiety, whatever it is, we're going to turn that over to him. We're going to trust him and believe he leads us into the future. And if you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, I want to give you an opportunity to do that today, in-house or online. 
If you've never received him as your Savior, I'm going to pray with you in just a minute to do just that. It's a prayer of faith to ask Christ into your life to forgive you of your sins, to come into your life as you trust him as your Savior. Let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father, I pray for us, God. Today, to God, together we thank you that we do not need to be afraid of the future. We don't need to be afraid. We, we don't know what happens. Tomorrow's the first day of our future, and we don't even know what tomorrow holds entirely, but you do. And God, we thank you and we praise you that you are everywhere all the time. You know all things, and you're taking care of us, and you're leading us into the future. We thank you, God, that we have a purpose and a plan that you unveil for us as you lead us into our future. We thank you, God, that whatever our circumstances are, uh, they don't change your plan, they reveal your plan. And we can trust you for that. God, I pray for us who are hurting and struggling in 2022. I pray for us, God, that face this year, and maybe we came into this year and we're afraid. God, we, we pray that you would take that fear away as you remind us, God, to trust you. Remove that fear, fortify our faith, strengthen our faith as you lead us into this future. Whatever we face, God, we know you're with us no matter what. So I pray for us, God, that we would give all of that to you. I pray also, God, for us as believers, we might need to make fresh decisions today uh, to renew and recommit our walk with Christ, to ask your forgiveness for not uh, being in your word, God, for doubting your character and doubting your promises. God, forgive us for that. Show us, Father, what we need to confess. Show us, God, what we need to commit to or recommit to as this day is a turning point for us to follow you as you lead us into 2022. And God, I pray for those who have never trusted Christ as their Savior. Whether they're in this room or they're online with us today, Father, we already know who we are. We know if we've never trusted Christ. Maybe we've been pretending to be religious, but we have no relationship with our Savior. And for those who need Christ as their Savior, my prayer, my desire, God, is that they would put all their faith and trust in Jesus Christ today to forgive them of their sins so they could follow you into the future. So I pray this prayer with them. And God, I ask that you put that on their hearts. If there's just one who needs Christ, they would pray, Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner and I know that I can't save myself. Jesus, I've tried to be good. I've, I've been religious. I've gone through the motions. But God, I realize today that I've never received Jesus as my Savior. So Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for me and you're alive today. And I ask this in faith. Jesus, come into my heart, into my life. I receive you as my Savior. Forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me. Give me a home in heaven. And I will follow you by faith as my Savior and my Lord the rest of my life. For all of us, God, I pray that our prayers of commitment are sincere and that we would see you do a fresh work in our lives, God. And if you're leading us to, that we would follow through with steps of faith in those commitments today. And it's in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.